Hello and welcome to this episode of FireDev, a fireside chat with people in the industry. Today I have Hua Bin Ling and welcome Hua Bin, how are you? Hi Brahan, uh, I'm great, um, here uh, speaking from China. Fantastic, so you've worked at Chukong and on the Cocos, you know, engine uh, and, you know, the products for 10 years. So how do you get, you know, into Cocos uh, and, you know, what do you specifically do at the company? Okay, uh, first clarification, I actually haven't been uh, for exactly 10 years. Uh, it's almost uh, nine years. And uh, oh. uh, I work for Cocos Technology, which is... Uh, uh, yeah, G software, and uh, we are uh, invested by Chukong. Ah, okay, fair enough. Is it owned by Chukong or just like part, like part investment by Chukong? Sorry, it, like so, you're saying that it's an investment from Chukong. Uh, yeah. Is that company or product owned by Chukong as well, or is it like just an investment? It's just an investment, and uh, we have our other investors too. Okay, okay. So fair enough. So, what do you do? Uh, you know, on this product. Okay, I um, currently I'm I'm the uh, engine department leader for Cocos Creator, and Cocos Creator is our mainstream um, product in Cocos currently. Uh, previously, we have uh, uh, Cox2DX and uh, Cox2DJS, Cox2DHTM5, uh, also of in the same family of Cox2D. And uh, after that, we we wanted to do a transition from a framework to a, um, to an editor, um, so workflow uh, oriented uh, uh, game editor, and. Uh, in, we started the project Cocos Creator in 2016. Um, uh, until now, we have a three major version of Cocos Creator. Um, the current version is 3.7. Okay. And so what's the difference between Cocos 2DX, uh, Cocos Creator, and also Cocos Engine. So, like, what's the main differences, <laughs> and why would you choose why would you choose one over the other? Yeah. Um, so, Cocos Two DX is a very classic uh, uh, framework uh, for game development, and it's a pure code. It's driven. Uh, it's written in C It exposes the uh, APIs for JavaScript, Lua, and C um, If you want to code game uh, with pure code uh, and you, if a developer want to control everything um, it, it's very nice to use Cocos 2DX uh, but also it's uh, it's targeting 2D mainly. We, we sort of added uh, some uh, 3D features but it was uh, uh, not so mature and also in that journey we discovered uh, 3D features upon 2D engine design and also Without an editor, it's not going to work. Uh, that's the reason we started Cocos Creator. Cocos Creator is a, a full-featured editor, um, and it, it has a runtime engine, um, but it provides all um, game, de game development tools uh, 
to to create scene, to uh, create UI, to create animation, and uh, put everything inside the, the the editor to link uh, logics uh, with components. So user can write component to drive all the all the behaviors of the um, visual objects. Um, yeah, the, the main design of course Cocos Creator is uh, uh, totally different uh, with with uh, Cocos Two DX. Um, it's a design centric workflow, and also uh, it's targeting both two D and three D. We initially um, in two thousand sixteen when we designed the the, the product, uh, we wanted to firstly have the workflow. So initially it was two D. Uh, 2D game development tool, and uh, for like uh, three years, three four years, uh, in 2020, um, 21, 21, we released uh, 3.0, and 3.0 is uh, fully 3D engine. Um, we we have rewrite all the engine kernel uh, to support all the 3D rendering uh, rendering uh, infrastructures and. Uh, all the 3D uh, two sets, including animation, um, uh, model, mesh, and uh, scene, scene building, uh, all sorts of things. Um, so 3.0 is a very big change in course creators' life cycle. Um, since then, we have added a lot of features in 3D. And now we have uh, some very complex demo and very complex games uh, built on Cocos Creator 3.0, 3.x. Um, Cocos Engine uh, is the engine in Cocos Creator. So it's the open source engine repo, repository in, on GitHub. You can find the engine um, by searching Cocos Engine and uh, it's it's under Cocos uh, account. Um, the engine itself uh, is pure open source. So if you publish a game in Cocos Creator, uh, what you get in the package uh, is uh, totally in your control. You have all the source code of the engine part of your game's logic and uh, of all the resources. I hope that's okay. clear enough. Yeah, it does. so you've got so obviously just talking about these three, you know, a little bit more. Because, like you said, you had Cocos 2DX, which, you know, you still got, and that had, you know, Lua, JavaScript, and C++ bindings, and uh, you got Cocos Engine, which is the underlying engine for Cocos Creator. Well, for starters, what language is Cocos Engine written in? Uh, Cocos Engine is written both in TypeScript and C++. Uh, so TypeScript Engine is running in uh, is for running in web, and uh, C++ Engine is for running on native platforms like uh, iOS, Android, and desktop. Yeah, okay. And how does Cocos 2DX and Cocos Engine differ? Because they're both like an underlying, you know, framework of sorts that's code-based. Because obviously Cocos Creator is an IDE, you know, an editor that's based on, you know, Cocos Engine. But if somebody was to just go and download Cocos Engine, how does that differ to Cocos 2DX? Yeah. Uh, so it's very important, uh, actually. Uh, Cos 2 dx is a very classic object-oriented uh, game engine. So like if you have a sprite, the sprite is extended from the node. 
and um, uh, all the actually all the uh, node type is extended from node. Uh, if you want to have a new feature, you will you will need to extend from node. Um, it, it's op it's pure object op oriented, but uh, for course creator, um, we we have to design a data-driven workflow. And for the data-driven workflow to, um, to function perfectly, we need to uh, craft a node component system. Uh, so in course creator, um, you have to use the, um, how to say that, the composition um, design pattern. Uh, that means you have all the node in your scene, but you compose the components as its behavior, as its functionality on the on the node itself. Uh, but the node is just a pure node. It ha doesn't have any uh, functions. It have it doesn't have any features. It have the uh, ability to to be positioned. It have the ability to to design uh, to define its uh, bounding box. But but it's all it's. Uh, um, it's many a uh, composition of all the components it has. Okay, and because I know you can just go and get Cocos Two DX set it up and start making games in there. Can you do that with Cocos Engine? Because I know a lot of people will go to Cocos Creator, but you said you can get Cocos Engine open source on GitHub. Could I just download that and set that up in I don't know Xcode or Visual Studio or Android Studio? And start developing using that or not? Um, you you can't use directly Cocos Engine. I mean, um, there might be a way uh, if if you really want to craft everything by yourself, it's possible. Um, but as it's designed with the editor, we design all the data driven workflow like the serialization on deserialization and uh, the sync graph everything. Uh, is bound with uh, editor's de design, so it will be very complex to uh, to use code to to create a scene. It's doable, but uh, uh, nobody will will be <laughs> uh, will afford that uh, uh, that that experience. It's it's very unfriendly. <laughs> Fair enough. So, will Cocos Creator ever be open source? Course creator as the editor is not open source. Uh, we don't plan to do that because it's also related to our um, to our business model. Uh, we we build a lot of uh, uh, business collaboration upon the editor itself, and uh, uh, we would like to to give the free freedom and ability to extend all the uh, all the features in the editor. Uh, so there are a lot of part of editor is uh, um, is uh, is very very clear to to access, but uh, we can say it's uh, open sourced. It's not open sourced. It's not open source. Okay. And what platforms does Cocos Creator support? Hmm. Uh, that will be my our uh, main advantage. As a game engine, uh, we are very powerful in cross-platform, uh, both in platform support uh, range and also in the ease of um, of porting your game to different different platforms. Um, 
first of all, we are a mobile-first game engine. It's very hard to find a find a mobile-first game engine actually in the Western market. Um, last month, I have attended GDC. Uh, we have we have talked about uh, Cox Creator uh, during GDC. We have a talk about our render graph, the infrastructure of our render pipeline. Uh, that's a side load, but uh, actually we uh, we find out that a uh, lot of engines in the Western are targeting desktop first, but uh, uh, we are different. We are targeting uh, mobile first. So we have uh, iOS, Android in, as our first class um, platforms, and we also have web as our first class platforms. Um, that's also special because a lot of other engines doesn't support web uh, very well because they are using uh, WebAssembly workflow and they are um, only supporting uh, desktop. Uh, as in Cocos, we support web as uh, native as natively as possible. Uh, we use the whole TypeScript engine to publish to the web, and we provide uh, TypeScript APIs to our engine uh, to our uh, developers. So developer code will be written in TypeScript, which is very easy to, to learn, very easy to use. Um, and the whole whole game, uh, when it is published to the web, is uh, uh, will be in JavaScript and can be uh, very easily native, natively running in the web. Uh, so that's the main platforms of Cocos Creator, uh, but we also support all sort of uh, um, instant gaming platforms like uh, uh, WeChat uh, in China and Facebook instant games and uh, um, TikTok. Uh, in China, there are many like Oppo, Vivo, Huawei, all the uh, smartphone vendors have its own um, have its own instant gaming platform. It's uh, how to define an instant gaming platforms? It's actually like the web. Uh, you click and play. You don't need to download any content. You don't need to install uh, the, the game. You just find the game in the store and you click the uh, on the icon. It will open pop up directly uh, and open the game for you. So most instant gaming platforms have the um, a technical stack as web, but uh, um, a lot of them are closed. They are not. Uh, you are not accessing via uh, a web browser. They, uh, you are accessing from um, their runtime. Uh, so it's it's kind of a web browser but closed uh, ecosystem. And thirdly, we support um, desktop platforms like uh, uh, Windows and uh, Mac OS. Um, we we sort of uh, we sort of have uh, unit, uh, Linux support, but uh, it, it's it's an in-house support. So if you want um, Linux support, you can contact us. Um, for lastly, we also support Nintendo Switch, um, and it's I think we are the only uh, free-to-use Nintendo Switch game engine. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, so you're, you're definitely supporting, you know, a lot of platforms, which yeah. is obviously good. So you were talking about this, you know, instant games, and what's the sort of performance difference, if any, of these instant games that you click and play and you don't download versus going to an app store, downloading a game and having it stored locally? Is there much of a performance difference? 
Um, that definitely has a, a performance difference, but it's not that huge. Um, actually, the web is already uh, providing a, a very good um, performance uh, because of the development of GIT. Um, on both iOS and Android, uh, you can access to uh, to the website with uh, with support of V8 and uh, um, JavaScript code, which all support GIT. Uh, with GIT support, the JavaScript can run very rapidly. Um, yes, it's it's not comparable to a pure C++ code coded uh, game, but uh, uh, if your game logic is uh, um, it's relatively simple, and you are relying mostly on the GPU. Uh, for example, you, you have a very complex thing, and you are writing a, a first-person shooting game. Um, the most uh, the most uh, power consumed will be on the GPU side. Uh, your game would probably yes. be GPU-bound. And if it's GPU-bound, I think web can provide relatively a web and instant instant gaming platform uh, both provide WebGL uh, backend, and the WebGL backend can run uh, quite well, quite well. Yeah. Okay. So before you had SDK Box, and that was a big project for you know you guys. You know, I've got two questions around that. Why was that dropped? And two, you know, the features that SDK Box has. You know, like in-app purchases add in, you know, add banners, that sort of stuff, the extra uh, stuff to modern games. How does Cocos Creator handle that? Yeah, um, uh, that's that's an important question. Uh, also post a, a lot in our community. Um, I, I actually don't know uh, the exact reason that we draw, why we drop. Um, actually, it's, it's been uh, always an individual company that to operate uh, SDK box, um, but there is a relationship with our company. I, I'm not sure how, and I'm not sure why it's dropped. Uh, I guess it's many. Um, Uh, business reason is it's possible. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I can't give the concrete reason here, but uh, um, but for Cox Creator, we are trying to fill, fill in the gap. Uh, we are trying to fill in the gap by uh, collaborating with uh, uh, with all the um, uh, all the SDK providers. Uh, like we are adding uh, ads in our Coco store, uh, ads, ads plugins in our Coco store, and uh, we are collaborating with uh, um, several important uh, uh, providers like Google, like uh, um, AppLoven, and uh, I'm not sure. Uh, wait a moment, I can I check? Yeah, go for it. Wait a moment. Once you check, are those plugins free, or do you have to pay for them? Normally for SDK plugins, they are free. Um, okay. they, they want users to use them. Uh, yes. <laughs> they don't want to block them in the in that case. <laughs> Just a moment. We we actually have a service panel in Code Creator, and the service panel uh, have a lot of uh, collaborators to put on their. Uh, their plugins. It's it's different than the core store plugin. It's more um, 
you can consider that a higher level uh, collaboration. Okay. So these plugins, well, obviously you got these SDK plugins, you know, like for ads and that sort of stuff. But what other plugins do you have available to ha- you know, help aid the development of games? We actually have uh, uh, all sorts of uh, plugins, like uh, for, um, how to say that, uh, the, the, the multiplayer uh, for netcode, and uh, also for animation, for camera control, uh, for gameplays, uh, and also you can find uh, find SDKs for publishing, uh, publish to to uh, playable ads for to uh, different platforms. Uh, you can also find plugins, uh, uh, very amusing plugins like. Uh, ChatGPT, <laughs> there is a ChatGPT uh, plugin so that you can communicate with ChatGPT directly in our Cocoa Store, uh, in our Cocoa Editor, uh, and uh, all sorts of things actually. It's just like uh, other uh, plugin stores. Uh, we have a lot of uh, game samples too. We also publish game samples by ourselves. Um, for example, the the latest Cyberpunk demo we have done in Cocos Creator is published. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that definitely looked you know very good. So that Cyberpunk demo, how long did that take for you guys to make it, and how many people were involved uh, in making it, including programmers and artists and you know three D modelers, etc. Yeah, it's a quite uh, quite interesting story here. Um, it, it actually starts very uh, very early. Uh, we started the project in two thousand and twenty one. So in the beginning of two thousand twenty one, we released the three point zero. We think it we have to uh, show the the power of our engine with some uh, very good looking demo. So we. We, we have a outsourcing co- company called the Art Core Studios. They are very popular in uh, Epic uh, Epic Store too, um, and uh, we we contact them. They are willing to to uh, sing for us. Uh, we have finished the outsourcing in almost a year. So by the end of uh, two thousand twenty one, we had all the resources. We actually built uh, the game. Uh, already and we, we have a video uh, uh, at that moment but the problem is that our editor doesn't allow you to to actually create the game from uh, from scratch that means our editor doesn't doesn't have all the features it need like uh, reflection probe um, and light map is not at a, uh, is not uh, good enough um, so we haven't released the the project. Uh, it's not open sourced by uh, by then. Um, last year we spent like uh, I think half a year. We started the project in uh, September. Um, there are two person working on it: one graphics engineer, one uh, gameplay engineer, and we worked on it uh, for half a year. To re- remake all the uh, all the game, uh, just use code creator features, and uh, it's also rely on our dev- 
uh, our lattice version 3.7. Uh, we have uh, light probe, refraction probe, uh, light map, uh, baker, all sort of features built in, in the editor. Uh, that's what that's how we we can build it um, and uh, release it this year. So, so th that's quite a long journey, but it doesn't take us a lot of resources. It's just we need a need a time for the engine to to get mature for the two set to um, to have all the all the needs ready. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> a few years back, you know, there was Cocos Studio. How does Cocos Creator differ from Cocos Studio, and why? Again, why was that dropped as well? Because yeah, that seems you, very you, similar to Cocos Creator. Uh, uh, you're really uh, very familiar with the Cox family. Uh, I appreciate that. It's uh, it's uh, it's hard to find. Actually, very. I'm very. Um, uh, uh, how to say that? It's uh, I, when I go to uh, GDC uh, this year, I find that people don't know Cocos. Um, they barely know uh, what Cocos is, and even if they know, they know Cocos to the X. Um, mm. it's it's dated it's, it's the information in the western is very dated so i really appreciate that you know all the uh, history and uh, the product we had um coco studio is a uh, is a editor we have done for um for all kinds of features in uh, coco studio x um and it's uh, really Tightly uh, bonded with uh, calls to the X, so all the all the features I are uh, are written for um, calls to the X features, uh, and when we when we want to change the whole infrastructure uh, from framework to uh, to the edit workflow, we find that it's not possible to just modify uh, all the existing code base. Um, and also, uh, Cox Studio is using um, is using a Point Net uh, framework, so it can be uh, published to uh, to Mac. I don't think so, and uh, uh, I I do think they have a Mac version, but I can't recall how they did it. Um, it might have anyway, been using maybe, maybe using yeah. Mono or something. It's possible. I think so. I think so. But it's not nature. So uh, when we do Cox Creator, we have to all the rethink of our infrastructure, of our engine design, of the editor workflow. We think it's very important to have a data-driven workflow. So entity component, node component, is uh, uh, is uh, is one of the most important design. Uh, and uh, another uh, important design is that we don't want to the editor to be, um, we, we want the editor to be as stable as possible, and also it, it should be uh, very easy to develop. Uh, we have limited resources, so we don't have a big big group of editor development. Um, due to that reason, we choose to use Electron as the base framework of Cocos Editor, Cocos Creator Editor. Um, so we have redesigned the whole uh, the, the whole editor, um, but fortunately, with 
Electron, we have we can very easily develop develop the UI, uh, all the workflow and uh, all the tool set upon uh, upon Electron, and we have npm modules, uh, which is a great help in our editor development. So we find it quite quite quick to build up everything uh, for course creator. Um, then we just dropped the uh, Coho Studio because it's uh, it's not it's just not possible to to ch to simply change things. Sometimes you need to when it's a generation upgrade, you need to break things. Oh yes, and sometimes you do. Sometimes you need to just start from scratch. Otherwise, you just got too much legacy. Uh, you know, yeah. code, and you see plenty of big companies like Microsoft that are still going off so many legacy. You know systems and libraries and you know code bases that's just because it's working it's very difficult for them to you know switch yeah. it i think it's a it's a lesson very uh it's a lesson for us it's a very painful lesson for cocos team um we, we were very successful in uh in the initial years of mobile gaming uh, because the devices are very limited, the power of devices are very limited. Mm. Uh, they are very segmented. Uh, they are all sort of uh, hardware, all sort of screen uh, resolutions, and we are very good at supporting all, all of them. And we are very stable. Uh, in 2012, 2013, I think we already uh, we can cover um, almost 97 percent of the of the market. I mean, when we do test, there are 97% of the device can run smoothly and run without any problem, stably, uh, the game pro uh, produced by Cocos 2DX. So it's, it's very powerful, but, uh, and also we have a lot of users. Almost uh, all the developers in China and uh, a lot of developers around the world are using Cocos 2DX um, for mobile game. And uh, it's a it's it's a fortune it's a fortune, but also it's a it's a burden. When we want to do three D, firstly, we we have done it in Coast to the X in three point fifteen. Uh, I think we it's three point five. I think we started to uh, add three uh, D features, but we must uh, take care of the backward compatibility and. Uh, um, we have a lot of legacy in the infrastructure. It's very hard to add 3D features. Uh, in the end, we, we added uh, some of the 3D features, but it's uh, from the perspective of, uh, of now, um, from, from the current perspective, it was uh, not a good design uh, in technical, uh, technical, technically. So I think that's, uh, yes, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying. I was just, you know, agreeing with what you were saying. Carry on. Yeah. So, so we found that very painful uh, uh, lesson because we have to. We had a lot of users. We had a lot of games published with Cost to the X. When we want to change things, it's very uh, difficult, and uh, uh, we we are afraid of break things. We are uh, tight. We are limiting ourselves. Um, that's the reason why we can't uh, have successful 3D transition from cost to the X. And then um, 
we, we don't have a lot of resources uh, by then. So Code2DX is a free engine, open source engine. We can't charge anything from the user. Even the developer have earned a lot of money, uh, but we we, we didn't earn a lot of money from that uh, from that uh, period. Um, so so at the end, uh, we we don't have a lot of resources to really uh, maintain cost to the X and uh, add add all sorts of features uh, upon it without breaking anything. So when we want to do cost creator, we decided to do from the scratch. It's the most easiest way, and it's uh, uh, it's also would be very uh, more efficient. Yeah, sometimes you do have to just make that decision. So I mean, yeah, I, 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 you was just saying that when you went to GDC, that not many people, you know, had you know heard about Cocast or they weren't up to date. So you know, I had a question about is Cocast more popular in the Asian markets? Because in the West, I personally don't know many people that I haven't personally introduced Cocast Two DX Two that mm-hmm. actually you know, know about the engine, like pretty much everyone that I know uh, that knows the engine that's not in the Asian market, I have either I've come across them through the forums or like friends of mine, they only know about Cocos 2DX because I've spoken to them about it. Whereas Unreal, I know loads of people that know Unreal or know about Unreal that I've never talked to them about Unreal, but they know about it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yes, in, in in Asian market, we are uh, we are kind of uh, kind of popular. Uh, in China, uh, as I said, we are the engine which support very well instant gaming platforms on WeChat, uh, which is the most popular um, SNS uh, in in China, and uh, it's uh, there is. Uh, n- more than 60, 64% of the game on that platform is made with uh, Cox Creator. So you can, you can see it's dominating. And uh, on mobile app market, I think we have sort of uh, uh, 30% of market share uh, in, the, in the mobile gaming platform. Um, and in, in other parts of Asia, in India or in uh, Vietnam, or uh, Thailand, we have a lot of developers too. Uh, some famous developers are from that part. For example, Ubisoft Dana um, in Vietnam, they are using Cost Creator to do uh, Ubisoft Nano, the, the whole platform. Uh, all the uh, a dozen games are published, are created with the Cocos. And also, there is uh, Gameloft. Uh, using Cocos Creator in Vietnam. We, we are very popular in Vietnam. Okay, that's interesting. So, you know, Cocos 2DX, I want to talk a bit more about that. You know, it hasn't had a public release since 2019. And I know we spoke about Cocos Creator, how that's, you know, the main focus right now. But are there any plans for newer versions of Cocos 2DX? Or is it safe to say that Cocos 2DX has been
being you know replaced or dropped in favor of cocos creator and you can download it modify it use it as you want but you can't you know expect a version 5 or a version 4.1 uh, we, we can safely say in the in the near future there's no big plans for cost to dx uh, we uh, the resources we uh, expense are mainly on cost creator and uh, um, of course it's open source project so there is other port uh, there's other uh, uh, other people maintaining the the project with their own uh, own rep, rep story, um, all that is welcomed, and uh, you can also uh, count using our forum, using our Discord community to uh, reach out for help. Um, but uh, the version plan is not clear here. Okay, and uh, you know, because like you're saying, it's open source. There's other projects out there, and one of those ones is the Axmol engine, which is based off, you know, Cocos 2DX version 4, was called Axis before that. Mm-hmm. What's your opinions on Axmol and, you know, those other sort of offshoots that are, like you said, maintaining Cocos 2DX, adding new features and, you know, fixing bugs? I actually don't know them very well. I heard of uh, heard of them in the Discord community, and uh, I haven't dropped um, take a look at their rep story, so I really can say. Yeah. Okay. So Cocos Creator does not support C plus plus directly. Are there any plans for changing there? And also, and where does that leave C plus plus developers that want to use Cocos? Okay. Um, so. We um, the philosophy of Cocos was always about uh, accessibility uh, in both development and uh, user. So we want more and more users, developers, to develop games uh, using Cocos, and we want to be- lower the barrier of game development. Uh, we also want our games uh, created with Cocos can be reached. Uh, by as many as possible uh, users. So uh, the, the reason we are supporting TypeScript as a major language in Cocos Creator is that uh, we want it to be as easy as possible. And it's a, it's a trend in the game industry. Um, Unity has C Sharp and uh, Unreal has Blueprint. Uh, they are now having a verse uh, all these are scripting languages. Uh, the the major studios we know uh, are using uh, scripting languages for uh, gameplay development, like uh, Lua or Python. Um, all sort of uh, languages are used. So we uh, we are not uh, directly providing C plus uh, plus support. Uh, for that reason, uh, because it will be very complex to um, to to handle the uh, the two language um, support, but uh, in Cocos uh, in Cocos engine, um, actually the the render part and the render scene part are implemented in C uh, You can also add C plugins. We have native plugin support. You can uh, add them to the CMake file, and it will be 
uh, it will be compiled with the engine, with the project. Uh, you can also have our bending, bonding system. We are using uh, in the latest version in 3.8, which will be released in June. Uh, we will support uh, in your project to uh, directly uh, expose APIs for your C++ module uh, to JavaScript, to TypeScript. And uh, it's very easy to use. And very quickly, uh, you just have to uh, write a, in a configuration file, and then it will build your uh, not only build your C++ modules, but also uh, expose the C++ module API to the TypeScript part. So I think it's a very uh, healthy model. Um, in, a, in a very complex game project, you can have a core team to uh, craft uh, all the C++ modules. Uh, for very heavy tasks, and then expose the API to TypeScript. Uh, Upper-level gameplay logic can be using TypeScript to be as efficient as possible. And uh, uh, yeah, that's that's the plan of Code Creator now. So it's it's not um, entirely uh, the API are designed for TypeScript. But we are also allowing uh, C++ developers to develop uh, with it. Okay, uh, that's good to hear that you, you know, you have some support for C++ developers. It's not like fully JavaScript or TypeScript. So, how many games use Cocos? Whether that's Cocos Two DX, Cocos Creator, or something else, you know, as their engine. You know, uh, how many games use it? <laughs> it's it's a it's too, there's too many games. I we really don't count it. Uh, we actually don't know. Uh, a lot of games are published, and we don't know it's made with Cocos. For example, um, last week I found out that SS Snaker is using Cocos Creator, the game from Hubby. And uh, what's the yeah. game called again? SS Snaker. It's very popular. Okay. I I will type it in the message. Uh, yeah, I think I found the SS Snaker by Habi, yes. Over a million downloads on the Google Play Store. Okay, yeah. so that's using Cocos Creator or 2DX, did you say? Cocos Creator. Cocos Creator. Cocos Creator. And we also okay. have Cocos made with Cocos Creator. Uh, and uh, we have FK Arena, um, uh, of Nano, uh, and a lot of uh, games. Uh, there are some Japanese games, uh, Square Enix, Nintendo are both using our game, uh, game engine, uh, but mostly Cost to the X. I think it's called the game. The uh, Fire Emblem Heroes are using Cost Creator. Yeah, so I can list uh, the famous games, but uh, I really don't know how many games are using our engine. We we are uh, we don't know. Okay, fair enough. I mean, that's a good thing to you know be in that position where there's so many games. Plus, because the yeah. thing with Cocos is actually I can't remember with Cocos Creator. If you publish a game, is there a Cocos? splash screen at the start or not as you know with unity if you don't like change i think uh -huh. pay for it or change it you have the unity splash screen is that the case with cocos creator no it's not the case we are uh, 
uh, we are much more open than Unity. We the engine is open source and the editor is totally free to use. Um, and uh, we have a default sprite screen with our logo on, but we have a uh, in the build panel you can just change it with your own logos. Uh, actually, initially, when we want, when we add that spread screen, is for user to uh, have visual feedback as quickly as possible. It's for improving the um, user experience. It's not for showing our uh, our logo. But uh, uh, yeah, we, we we hope developers can keep that. Can uh, all can have uh, their own version of Cox Creator exposure on their game. Uh, that would be mostly welcomed. Um, I think we are we are supporting Discord team to make games. Uh, they put party um, in it's a game inside the Discord are using Cox Creator and uh, they will add uh, uh, Cox logo um, in the spare screen. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, because um, Unity obviously is not as open. So, in your opinion, why would <coughs> Somebody use Cocos over Unreal or Unity or any other, you know, game engine. You know, you got like Godot engine and there's a bunch of other ones as well. Mm-hmm. So I I can't I'm not sure why. Um, or I'm not sure for all the developers, but we know uh, some typical reasons they are using Cocos. Uh, firstly, the platform support is very, is a very good reason. Uh, because we support instant gaming platforms uh, in China, and uh, um, also we are supporting web very well. Uh, when you want to develop a game for web, especially for uh, mobile web, Cocos is uh, uh, kind of the best game engine here. And uh, the cross-platform, secondly, the cross-platform um, ability, that means not only you can export to different platforms, it's very easy to do that. That's a, a very important fact. When you want to port a game from uh, web to native or from native to uh, to web, it's it's like uh, uh, just a day of work um, or even even less. If you don't have a lot of uh, uh, SDKs to, to add, uh, normally your game just run, just runs smoothly on, on different platforms. So we are very good at cross-platform. And uh, certainly, TypeScript is also a reason. Um, a lot of developers li- love TypeScript. It's really easy to use, and uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's used by a lot of developers. It's, it's like the first language on GitHub. Uh, a lot of front-end developers are using TypeScript. When they want to develop a game or develop an um, entertaining experience, uh, they would like a, a TypeScript engine. Um, I think we have other uh, important factor that developers choose us, um, but uh, we, we really uh, want to want want developers to know that we are mobile first, and we are uh, very good at uh, cross platform. Th- those two are the main advantage of Cox Creator. Good stuff. Uh, how many users does Cocos Creator have? You know, like how many people are using the end, you know, the game engine? Oh, uh, I think uh, if I recall the number, I think we have one million point six, uh, one point six million uh, developers, and uh, yeah, large uh, developers. 
Yeah, yeah, it's quite big. Uh, uh, it's it's there. There are uh, of of course more developers in China than in uh, the Western market, but we are trying our best, um, especially from this year, to let the uh, Western market know Cocos, know the current state of Cocos, know how we can do things. Okay, and what are the most popular game developed using Cocos? You know, again, Cocos Creator or Cocos 2DX? Mm. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the so most downloads? Most downloads? I, yeah. I really don't know. Uh, the, 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 comp- the competition can be very, very, <laughs> very uh, uh, intense. Um, for example, FK Arena, Top War, and uh, Fire Emblem, uh, they have a lot of a lot of uh, downloads from um, f- from the whole world, uh, but I don't know the number of their uh, of their downloads, <laughs> so we don't do the compare comparison between different games. Um, but those those three are very good example. Um, we also had a, a Pokemon game, but it's a, it's a legacy one. Uh, I don't think it's still in operation. Uh, in China, from every every uh, period of the mobile gaming, uh, we have iconic games uh, published with Cocos. For example, um, in the world, actually, for example, Badland uh, and uh, uh, Kingdom Rush, uh, Geometry Dash, they are all using Cocos. So we we really have a lot of good games and had a, a huge downloads. Oh yeah, I remember playing you know Badlands and I haven't played Kingdom Rush, and but I remember playing you know Ge- Geometry Dash as well. I mean they were some of the more earlier you know really famous games, yeah. especially in the Western market that were made using Cocos. If I recall correctly, wasn't Badlands made using Cocos to the iPhone initially? The iPhone version, the Objective C uh, version. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I uh, I know that it, it it's been using Cocos to the X. Uh, maybe it's for the second version. I Possibly. really can't be sure. Okay. And <clears throat> do many people still use Cocos to the iPhone? The you know the old uh, you know version or not really anymore. Not really. Um, there are still users using Cocos 2DX, though. Um, uh, even a lot, we we can see some trending games in China still using uh, Cocos 2DX. Oh yeah, I I know a bunch of people that still use Cocos 2DX, and me personally, I still use you know Cocos 2DX, C plus plus. I you know <clears throat> I've had a look at Cocos Creator, but you know I personally like being able to do it all in C plus plus. Uh, oh. Not having sort of you know uh, you know layer that kind of interacts with C plus plus having it all open source as well and you know I, 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 for me Cocos two D I, I wish personally that Cocos Creator <laughs> was built on top of Cocos two D X and you had the C plus plus you know you know underlying code that you could easily modify and then. Yeah, you know, or just have like a, a coding 
project only and then just do certain things maybe some ui based stuff in cocos creator and do the rest in cocos 2d xc plus plus so that's why you know i would have personally you know preferred like i said i know a bunch of people that still use cocos 2dx and they want to continue just using that but it's a shame obviously it hasn't been updated but i'm hoping these other engines that are coming out like Axmod that are built on top of it really do keep getting maintained and you know get new versions yeah i i i hope so i hope that um pure c++ developers can get uh, a very uh easy to use and very good maintained c++ game engines um but, but again, in Cocos Creators, there are a lot of co uh, native code written in C++. Um, I, actually, the initial version um, of Cocos Creators 3.0 was called Cocos Creator uh, 3D, and it, it was published in 2019. And uh, uh, at that moment, it was pure, pure TypeScript. We initially have done uh, a version for uh, only for web platforms, and uh, after that, uh, from from the from 2019 to 2021, we have uh, migrate. Uh, we have rewrite the uh, GFX layer, which is our uh, infrastructure for the renderer uh, in C++, and release the 3.0. Uh, then we support all the native platforms. Um, and in 3.6, we have uh, rewrite a lot of other codes in the uh, in other modules uh, with C++. So we are using uh, more and more C++ code in Cocos Creator Engine. And uh, hopefully in the, in the future, we will um, even have, the full, have a full three, C++ engine. Um, it's, uh, it's beneficial from perspective of performance. Um, we just need more time and resources to do that. Okay. So <clears throat> with all these features and all these different platforms supported, do you guys have any you know, VR support? And what's the roadmap for VR, AR, mixed reality, that sort of stuff? Yeah, we, we actually have a, a official XR plugin. Uh, we have put uh, VR and AR support uh, all in that plugin. It's called the uh, Cocos, Cocos Creator XR. So if you uh, if you search for Creator XR in the Cocos store, no, in just a moment. Yeah, if you search for XR in the Cocos store, you will get Cocos Creator XR plugin. And this is uh, for both AR and VR uh, develop development. It supports now um, many devices. Uh, it supports OpenXR. Um, just a moment, I will see whether they have the device port here. It's not listed, but uh, it's supporting um, all major uh, devices that supports OpenXR. Okay, that's good that you've got you know that support, you know mm -hmm. as well. Are there any things that of note to check out that have been you made using Cocos, you know VR, AR, or you know mixed reality? 
any game, any applications that come to mind? Uh, applications, I'm not sure. Uh, we are just start started, and uh, this is developed by uh, uh, another team. Uh, so I'm not sure. Uh, I need to ask them for more information on that. Okay. I don't think they are, they are famous titles yet. No, yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's one of the things. Give it enough time. Especially the developers that are already used to using Cocos, they all <laughs> when they want to do some VR stuff, they'll say, you know, we'll use the VR version of Cocos. So yeah, it's just one of those things. You just have to you know wait. Mm-hmm. So how does Cocos, you know, especially Cocos Creator, handle cross device support? You know, for example, different screen sizes, you know, resolution densities. And you know power, you know, because obviously you can get a cheap phone that's less than a hundred US dollars. That's not very powerful, and and I know in the Asian markets you can get really really cheap phones for you know the emerging markets, and then you can get phones that are over a thousand dollars, like iPhone and Samsung Galaxy. How does Cocos Creator you know handle those differences? Uh, yeah, it was actually always our uh, um, advantage uh, of Cocos Engine. From the epoch of Cocos 2DX, uh, we we already have a really good uh, cross-device support and cross-resolution support, and it was inherited in uh, Cocos Creator. Uh, we keep testing uh, the top uh, top devices in the market, um, so we test for uh, top 1,000. Uh, we still get uh, almost 100% uh, support for them. Um, and uh, this, this is stability, um, uh, yeah, mostly stability test. And uh, for UI uh, adaptation, we have our own features um, to support different, different resolution. It adapts directly. Uh, for different uh, screens, uh, even for the foldable foldable screens, which is uh, really different. Um, we, we are using a design resolution design uh, design resolution feature. That means you you actually put all the UI uh, you design all all of your your UI uh, with the design resolution. And uh, the design resolution will be automatically adapted to different uh, screen size, different screen scales, uh, and uh, uh, it will work. Uh, it work very good uh, if you if you have your uh, all all the UI adaptively um, adaptively. Uh, how say <laughs> if you have all the UI uh, developed. Uh, adaptively uh, using our widget and layout. Uh, so upon the design resolution, you can have layout to control the um, the overall overall uh, layout, and you can have widget for each item uh, inside the UI to uh, keep their own positioning uh, very well. <clears throat> okay, yeah. I mean it's one of those things that. You can definitely tell when a game's put effort, you know, developers put effort into the game when you load it up on a phone, normal phone, it works well, then you load it up on a tablet, it works well, you load it up on something slightly different, and, you know, it just looks right as well. 
and you know, mm-hmm. and then he also performs well. Uh, obviously, yeah. the assets might be slightly lower resolution as a result, but you know, making sure that pretty much everyone can actually use it. Obviously, you know, it's very important. So, yeah. um, in your you know, opinion, what can a developer do to get their game working the best across a multitude of, you know, devices? Obviously, you mentioned, you know, some stuff already, but what are the main things they should focus on to, especially if they're trying to target every single type of device effectively, you know, people that are only buying a cheap Android device Mm -hmm. or, you know, a high-end device as well? Mm -hmm. It's definitely performance. Um... Uh, especially for low-end devices, uh, w- you have to pay attention to the to the power consumption and uh, uh, your frame rate, of course. Uh, so the ad- screen adaptation is just one side of the story. Um, another thing is that you m- must make sure it runs smoothly. Uh, we have put a lot of effort in the engine infrastructure, especially for the rendering part. To, so that it can be uh, very efficient. Uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, features uh, and uh, uh, which is automatically enabled, like uh, dynamic atlas. We can pack your, even if you don't have any atlas uh, pack in your game, we will automatically pack your UI elements into a big, uh, big texture so that they can be uh, batched in, in fewer draw calls. And we also have um, uh, the renderer redesigned uh, using Vulkan and uh, uh, Metal, so they can run very well. Uh, they can they can save more power on uh, low-end devices. Um, it, it's strange. Uh, maybe people don't realize that because uh, OpenGL seems to be more uh, compatible with low-end devices, but actually um, the Latest low-end device is also support Vulkan. Um, the problem is that the uh, the the feature uh, the how say the power of that device uh, CPU or GPU is very limited. Um, we are using Vulkan's surpass to uh, serve power uh, in in bandwidth. Uh, that means um, if you have multiple paths in your render pipeline. Um, between the uh, between the passes, we have the ability to automatically save your uh, output into the tiled cache instead of writing into the memory. Uh, and uh, in that in that case, if it's op- optimized, uh, you will save a lot of bandwidth, and this will save you um, power save the power. It will be make your game more stable. It will save memory. Um, so that's. Uh, all sort of infrastructures we have done for the uh, performance and the compatibility. Um, okay. Let's say so, I can call this, yeah. Yeah, okay. So does Coca support foldable phones, like the Galaxy Fold? Um, I mean, does it do anything extra for those phones? Uh we we trigger uh, we we actually listen to the screen change event, so we trigger screen cha- change event uh, every time, and uh, we will readapt the UI. If your UI is following our design um, uh, best practice, uh, you will be using layout and widget 
to repositioning them uh, during the screen size change. Uh, so normally it will just work. Um, yeah, yeah uh, we, we don't have uh, more things to do yet for, for now. Okay. Uh, how big is Chukong? Like how many people does it employ? I know they have an engine that's you know, very popular. Um, a lot of developers use it. But how big is Chukong as a company? Oh, sorry. I uh, when you say Chukong have engine, what do you mean? Uh, as you know, obviously, you know, you have you know Cocos Two DX, you have Cocos Creator. It's oh. it, you know, it's very popular. It has loads of developers. You know, like you said, one point six million registered developers, and you know, loads of games. But how big is the company? Oh yeah, so uh, Chukong is uh, the investor. Uh, we are uh, Cocos te Technology, which in China uh, we named the uh, Yaji Software. And uh, uh, in Yaji Software, we have uh, uh, roughly two hundred person. Um, and uh, yeah, the, that's the scale of our company. Okay, and. Is Chukong the biggest investor, or like what? Or who who else is you yeah. know invested in Chukong the biggest one? Who who else has invested in you know the Cocos company? Mm, I'm not sure. It's known in Western, and uh, I'm not sure it's uh, I can it's something I can say. <laughs> so we can skip that question. Okay, fair enough, and it. Is you know the Cocos you know company is it predominantly based in China or does it have any Western offices as well? And like, do you have plans of doing more of a push in the West? Uh, we used to have have uh, offices in uh, Japan and in America, but uh, they are closed. Um, so unfortunately, uh, currently we only have offices in China. We are based in multiple cities. Um, I hope I hope so. I hope uh, in the future, near future, we will um, open more offices in uh, in the western. Okay, I mean, I hope so as well, because you know, like you're saying that you know your experience at GDC, where yeah. a lot of people will don't you know know about Cocos, even though it is you know very very popular as an engine, you know, mm -hmm. as you know. A, an engine that's been used to develop games that have had thing probably in total over a billion you know downloads so it's it's definitely not some small project but yeah it's just one of those things that not a lot of people over here know about it over in china do more people know about cocos than they do like unreal or unity Oh, everyone knows Unity and Unreal, so uh, and everyone knows us too. <laughs> so, oh, okay, so uh, over there, everyone just knows all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay, fair enough. So in your, you know, your journey so far, you know, as you know, obviously a developer, as working on these products, what's been your biggest regret? What would you change, and what advice would you give to somebody looking? to get into the gaming industry? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I, I, I really regret um, because I know I... Uh, let me think.
I think it's uh, it's timing. Uh, I really hope that we can uh, be more aggressive and start uh, earlier to break things and to rebuild things. Um, uh, but that was um, I really don't have control at that moment. Uh, currently, I am in charge of the um, the whole engine team, but uh, in the uh, in the early age. I was working for Cocos to the HTML5 engine in in the beginning, and then Cocos to the X. Um, uh, but I was not manager at the moment, so I don't uh, have decision on things. Um, but I hope if if I do if I did, I hope that we can move more faster and uh, break things. Uh, not just break things. I think we could we, sh- we could have uh, keep the keep them both. Um, we could have at the at the same time develop a, a new three D engine and also keep the development of Cost to the X. Um, make it uh, slowly migrating to a new new uh, design, um, but it. it yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's the most regrettable thing for for the whole Cocos uh, experience. Um, we kind of act slow because we were still very dominating in the in the mobile market uh, because the devices wasn't so powerful yet, and the three D doesn't seem uh, doesn't seem to be the everyone's choice yet. Uh, and uh, we were blind uh, at that moment. Um, personally, I think I don't regret uh, for things. Personally, I think we uh, I should uh, be more um, I think I can be more uh, dig more profound in in graphics um, but I'm still doing so so yeah okay that's good stuff so that's my you know more specific questions around you know what you do at you know Chukong I'm not sorry you know the Cocos company and you know you work on everything but I I was ending with a few fun generic questions so the first okay. one I'm gonna ask, like, if you was to start a you know company, would you rather run it? Or would you rather have a ten person company or a one thousand person company, and why? Definitely ten person company. I um, I think uh, keeps things in scale and uh, uh, beneficial is very important. Especially after open source engine experience, <laughs> you know, engine industry is really hard. <laughs> People doesn't earn money in engine industry. Even Unity and Unreal doesn't earn money. They earn money from ads from ad platform, and uh, Unreal earn money from Fortnite, uh, but not the engine. Um, so, the engine industry is really, really, really hard. Uh, I respect everyone in this industry. Um, if I would uh, start a business, I would hope the business can be beneficial uh, uh, and uh, can keep the scale uh, so that I can make it easy- easier. Um, 
And I also like the atmosphere of small companies. Uh, even now we have 200 person uh, in the engine team. It's, it's smaller in the engine team. And uh, in the engine team, I, I keep track of everyone. I know everyone's uh, uh, interests and I can, um, I can very uh, well communicate with them. We don't have barriers. We don't uh, treat each other as uh, as uh, a supervisor and, uh, and uh, employee. Uh, so that that's an atmosphere I really like. Uh, especially we are open source engine. So uh, yeah. Okay. So would you? Uh, rather have five. Uh, obviously, you're in China, but I, I use US dollar amount. So, like, would you rather have five million US dollars up front or half a million a year for the rest of your life, and why? Sorry, I can. I didn't follow. Uh, okay, five, so so, so, um, so would you rather have five million US dollars up front, like right now? Yeah. Or would you rather have five hundred thousand US dollars every year for the rest of your life? Definitely sustainable. I would I would like that to be sustainable. Uh, but I I'm not a, a business guy, so I know uh, many people would uh, prefer upfront money and invest into things. There could be more chances, more opportunities. But uh, for me personally. I I don't gamble for big uh, uh, for big revenue. I uh, I relatively prefer uh, life and also um, do things I like. Doesn't that doesn't I'm not pursuing money, uh, especially that's the reason I don't gamble for big opportunities. Uh, I relatively like uh, the opportunity to live my life and uh, have my interests to be fulfilled. Okay. So what's your favorite board game, favorite video game, and favorite movie? Well, there are too many of them. Uh, the game, definitely Zelda. I I played Zelda since uh, um, Game Boy Advance. Um, not so early, but uh, Game Boy Advance is the first console I have, first uh, device, uh, gaming device I have, I had, and uh, yeah, Zelda uh, accompanied me for a real long time. I, I love this game, uh, especially the recent game, <laughs> Breath of the Wild, and uh, uh, the one which will be uh, be released next month. We're really looking forward to that. Yeah, so I think it's called Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. that's coming out. I don't know about in China, in the UK, it's coming out this Friday. So yeah. Yeah, not long at all. Plus also this Friday, the game I'm really excited for is Star yeah. Wars Jedi Survivor. Because that's coming oh, out as well. So <laughs> you're a Star Wars fan. Um, yeah. yeah, that brought me to, to, to the movies. Uh, I, I really don't know how to say the, which movie to pick. I can say recently, uh, which I which I like, um, I, I like the uh, the recent movie I have uh, seen, uh, Super Mario, the big big movie of Super Mario, and also Slam Dunk. Uh, Slam Dunk is a is a Japanese movie. I'm not sure whether you know. Uh, I haven't heard of that particular movie. No. Uh, okay. so- 
what's that movie about like what's the premise it's about uh, basketball <laughs> it's a uh, it's because we i i think the uh, there's a anime series um for the for the first part of the story and uh then it was stopped uh, after of 20 or 30 years they start to make the movie i i really like like the the story to be finished so uh, it's kind of a, a, a weighted thing for 30 years. Um, and uh, uh, another thing I, I really like is uh, it's a TV series, um, The Last of Us. Yes, it's really, that's really good. <laughs> very good, very well made. Yeah. Yeah, they did an amazing job with that because, you know, I'm guessing you've played the games as well. Yeah, yeah, I love the first, the first one. Yeah, so like the, the after playing those games, loving those games, because <laughs> usually video game adaptations into movies or TV shows aren't always the best. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have a history of not being that good. And, you know, having it, you know, them doing it, then doing the casting overall good, them, you know, keeping it for the most part true to the game. I, I, I like that a few things were kind of modified. But like the overall story was there, so and I like that they didn't drag it out because they yeah. could have easily done the first game over three, four seasons. Instead, it yeah. was first game. First game is one season, and it's not a long season. It was what eight or ten episodes. So it wasn't twenty two, twenty four episodes like how they used to be ten years ago. It was a you know just a, a decent you know size season eight. I think it was what ten episodes. I think and. No, because yeah, because I remember you know watching it, and I was thinking you know this person has just been introduced, but they're going to be you know dying soon because <laughs> in the game they don't last very long. So I'm I, I haven't spoken to anyone that watched the show that didn't play the game, but I want to mm-hmm. speak to them and see how they felt about mm-hmm. the show because for me, obviously, I was happy you know when they introduced characters and they killed them off because that's how they were in the game, but in other shows, they'll have characters and they'll keep them for a whole season until they kill them off. Whereas in here, they would have them for an episode and then yeah. kill them off. Because yeah. in the game, you would only have them for one or two hours, then they would kill them off. Mm-hmm. It's very compact and it's a great experience to revisit all the story uh, uh, with, with small surprises. Uh, they modified a little bit background and I I looked at it with my wife. My wife I really love the story, so I also from that I also uh, I'm also happy. Okay, so has your wife played the games or not? She she doesn't play this kind of game. Okay, so she hasn't played it. Okay, so she doesn't uh, you know know about what happens. So no. How did she feel about the show having not played the games? <laughs> she she loved the uh, the part um, of the. Uh, Huh, I don't recall the name. <laughs> uh, ras- raspberry uh, part, you know? Uh, which part? Um, uh, they are feeding raspberry to each other. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, that part was... Yeah, because that wasn't in the game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, because obviously that whole story between 
Bill and I can't remember what the, was it Ted or Todd or the other character's name. Like obviously that was you know they mentioned that other character in the game and he, you know he's dead and Bill discovers that and that's it. That's all you see. Whereas yeah. in the show you get a lot more you know backstory for the characters. You got backstory for can't remember the character's name, but you know the you know the brother, you know the two brothers. Yeah. Yes, obviously before, you know, Henry, Henry, that's it. He says, you just see them, but you don't see the backstory of why they're running. So that, that's really, uh, really fun to, to, to know, to, how say, to, to have another person who haven't played the game and uh, uh, re- rework the journey with me and have some uh, different surprises. <laughs> so, yeah. So... Outside of Zelda, what other video game are you looking forward to the most? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, DLC of uh, Elden Ring. Uh, I really enjoyed that game uh, last year. Okay, Elden Ring. Yes, I mean a lot. I have not played it yet. A lot of people have you know raved on about that. They've loved that game, so I, I think I'll check it out. At some point, I've just got such a backlog of other games to play. I've just—it's just as you get older, you're working, you have a family. It's—you just don't get as much time to play games anymore. <laughs> yeah, and also Hades, uh, the DLC of Hades. I, I really love this game. Which one? Hades. Uh, how do you spell it? Um, uh, wait a moment. Uh... It's a rock like game, Hades 2. Um, Are you talking about Hades? H A D E S? Yeah. yeah. Yes, Hades. Yes, okay. Yeah, again, a game, not a game that I played, but another person on the podcast of a week or two ago, you know, mentioned that as a game that they really liked as well. So it seems to be a very popular game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've, we've got Diablo 4 coming out as well. I think the beta is out now, you know, if you pre-order yeah. it. But yeah, Diablo 4, I'm excited to, you know, get my hands on that as well. Because I did enjoy Diablo 3. I play, I bought Diablo 3 for the PS4 version, so it was a bit remastered. Enjoyed it. It was one of those games I stopped playing because I was playing other stuff. And mm-hmm. I kept saying to myself over the years, I want to get back to it. I want to get back to it. So I did enjoy it. Now with Diablo 4, I'm going to mm-hmm. buy that and, you know, hopefully, you know, have some fun times with that. Yeah. So have you personally developed and released any games? Uh, unfortunately not. We um, Before I joined Cocos, I was in France. And... Uh, um, I, I finished my master there. Um, after that, I joined a company. I created a company with a, with a French um, to create a reading experience for teenagers. So the idea was about, um, was about adding entertainment into the reading experience. So we're adding a lot of interactive uh, elements like animation, like uh the uh, a few small games into the into it and the format is in uh, html5 so people can read on web um, but that doesn't turn out well uh, we failed in that company so uh, we closed that and then i come back to china okay 
So my final question, this I always ask everyone, does money buy you happiness? And what does a good life mean to you? Mm-hmm. Mm. Money can buy things which make me happy, uh, like games, like uh, small uh, small things. Uh, but it, it directly doesn't give me uh, happiness. I don't look at the account and see the uh, see the numbers and the smile. <laughs> I'm not that kind of guy. Uh, uh, and what's the second part of the question? Uh, what does a good life mean to you? Oh, a good life. Um, the family is very important for me. So now I I have a baby girl uh, born last year. So I'm spending a lot of energy to <laughs> raise him, raise her. Uh, it's, uh, it's very power consuming <laughs> uh, at this moment. And, uh, uh, but I, I really... Uh, love to see how how she um, she grow up uh, and uh, yeah family uh, definitely is uh, uh, very important uh, also to to fulfill my interests um, to have a career uh, the reason I insist in cocos is because um, I really hope to have a you, you know. The the big trending is is about uh, big countries rising like China, and uh, uh, but we are not so good at many things. Um, we actually have a lot of uh, lacked, uh, especially in, in technology and education. I think we are. Uh, far far behind the uh, the Western countries. I really love to create something uh, that that is competitive to the uh, Western countries to the to the world. Uh, I want to build world class things uh, here, and uh, that's a big ambition of mine. Um, I'm not sure whether we we can make cocos uh, so successful, uh, but that's what I I want to pursue. Okay, so yeah, that's interesting for you to say. You know that you think that some of the technology side uh, and education is better in the West, like America, for example. Like, what specifically in you know technology? Because you know. Most things are outsourced to China. You know, everything seems to be just be made in China. So it's not like yeah. China doesn't contribute towards you know the world's economy. It does in a you know a big way. So like like what specifically was you referring to? And then also follow up: what specifically in education do you think is better in the West compared to in China? Mm-hmm. Uh, firstly, in technology, I think uh, infrastructure and uh, innovation is uh, uh, something we need to uh, we need we need to put more effort on. Um, China is like uh, how say that uh, we have a lot of resources currently, but uh, uh, companies always look at benefit. Uh, always look at. Um, how to make things beneficial in short term. So long term vision is very um, 
it, it, I think long-term vision is a diff, is a is something I want to see more in China. Um, and I see some. I think that I see that in a lot of uh, uh, Western companies. I like the world of uh, Elon Musk. Um, I don't specifically like the person, but I like the attitude that he had for 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 SpaceX. He once said that um, if something if something is so important, uh, you will do it even the odd is not in, on your side. Um, that's not space, uh, that's not exactly what he said, but that's that's a meaning. I I really like this this uh, this because. Um, like the engine, if you want to have an engine, it's a uh, ten years work or twenty years work uh, that you can have something uh, good. If you want something world class, you may need to put your life effort on it because it's continually evolving. And all the uh, investment on the on on this kind of career is uh, very hard to turn into uh, benefit. Um, I I don't say that benefit is not important. Revenue is not important. I see. I say uh, we need to put effort on that, even if we have small chance to to win uh, or to stand. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing about uh, about technology. Um, about education, I think. Um, Innovation is also uh, the most important thing uh, in China. We need to we need to to have um, because uh, like in AI, AI is dominating uh, by American companies, OpenAI, AI, Google, uh, Meta, and uh, and others. Um, they are, they have a lot of talents work on that. Uh, we do have a lot of universities, good universities. We we do have um, many papers released, but uh, still, the there's no much innovations uh, here compared to uh, to OpenAI, to ChatGPT, or to uh, MidJourney uh, things like that. So I hope that ed- educational, we could have more researchers who are uh, innovative enough and uh, collaborating with uh, industry uh, and who both have long-term vision to build things in in really long time. Okay. And, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, a good life, you know, does mean, you know, working on, you know, something that you're excited about, that you're, you know, you're proud of. And, you know, mm-hmm. like the family, you know, side as well. So, you know, how old is your daughter now? Did you say one year? Yeah, it's uh, seven months. It's uh, so seven months. Okay, so so you're just under the one-year mark. Yeah, because my daughter was born last year as well. And oh. she she's 13 months now. So, mm-hmm. yes, it's a similar, it's a, you know, stages, obviously, you know, going through all of that stuff, yeah. you know, the feeding, the cleaning, you know, all that sort of stuff, <laughs> <laughs> sterilizing bottles and... <laughs> all that sort of stuff but i mean it helps with all the gadgets that you can get now you know to you know to sterilize bottles to you know dispense milk uh you know compared to how our parents would have done it where they would have done everything manually (laughs) yeah and and i'm guessing being in china there's 
not a shortage of you know gadgets out there. Gadgets? What kind of gadgets you mean? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, gadgets like you know tools. Yeah. You know, like for example, you know, you can get a machine where you put the bottle on, and if you press a button, and he makes the milk for you. You know, he mixes the formula oh. and water at the right temperature, yeah. that sort of thing. Okay, <laughs> uh, I don't rely on that. We uh, we do have uh, we do have machines to um, to clean and. Uh, uh, to, to clean the bottles. Uh, what do we okay. have? We have uh, to do the, uh, to the, uh, I, I actually don't know how to say that. Pusset, I think. I, I don't know the English word for a lot of things in baby, baby caring. <laughs> so uh, it's hard. Yeah, obviously, that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's obviously it, exciting it, times. We don't like a gadget. Uh, in here we, I think we are uh, way more. It's way more easy for us to raise a ch child than our parents. Uh, especially my wife is not working now, so uh, she can take care uh, of the baby. Uh, but we are not like a lot of other uh, other parents. A lot of other parents are depending on their their parents to raise uh, the child. Mm -hmm. We want to raise our child uh, independently, so we are we are along we are all, all on our own. I mean, fair enough. If you're doing that, you know, yourself, then obviously, I I know it's a very difficult thing. So it's definitely yeah. very admirable, and it's something that, and obviously, people that don't have kids, obviously, you know, wouldn't understand. Um, no. But yeah, it, it, it's definitely exciting and you know seeing your baby do different things every week yeah. uh you know act differently and uh, you know develop because obviously at seven months it won't be long till if they're not already crawling it won't be long till they're crawling and then you know trying to walk and then making sounds and all that stuff yeah, yeah. i she's not crawling yet but she tried to and she cried <laughs> she <laughs> Yeah, it won't be long. I think our daughter, she started crawling around about, I want to say, between 8 and 10 months, I think. Uh, okay. Yeah, about there. Yeah, about there. Because definitely at the 10-month mark, she was able to crawl. Um, yeah. Before that, I think she tried it. She was trying a bit. Now, uh, you know, she, she if she sees the baby, because the baby gates are on the doors now, if she sees the gate open, she just goes for it. She uh, she she just tries to escape. Okay, I I really I'm really happy because she seemed to be very uh, very happy. Uh, she smiled a lot, and uh, uh, even even uh, during the night when she uh, in the morning when she wake up, she wake up smiling and uh, was. <laughs> His, uh, her, home, her own hands. Uh, so I'm really happy that I have this child. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. My, my daughter, her, her face is more serious most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's more serious. And in the morning, when she wakes up, because she can, you know, stand up now with some support. So she'll be standing in a cot and she'll be like holding it. And you're here because she's crying because she wants to be picked up. Yeah, she's a thinker, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she just why she 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 does not like to be left alone at all. Because some babies don't mind being left alone. She prefers everyone around her. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, my daughter seems to be independent. We are starting uh, to put her in her own room uh, last month. So now she sleep alone. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we put our daughter in her own room as at about six months. In all fairness, she seems to prefer that overall because uh, okay. obviously there's no, you know, we're not making noise if we're moving or if we're snoring or you know anything like that. So mm-hmm. she, she she does sleep better that <laughs> way. But when she's awake, she wants people around her. Yeah. But obviously, you know, everyone's different. Things change. Uh, obviously, you know, exciting times. Yeah. So do you plan on trying to get your daughter into game development as well or in, into that area? I really have no plan for her. <laughs> I, uh, the, uh, the philosophy of mine uh, raising a child is, uh, is let her grow uh, as an independent uh, person. So I want her to make choices and make decisions for her own uh, since very early uh, years. Yeah, I, I want to. I want her to do that. Okay, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah, because I do want to try and get all of my kids onto, you know, programming or, you know, ha- you know have some basic knowledge of it. Okay. <laughs> understand technology and uh, because obviously everything's becoming more and more technological yeah yeah i it will be definitely very hard to avoid her uh from seeing me playing games <laughs> that would be a problem yeah like w- when i sometimes play a game she wants the controller and she <laughs> wants to do you know just press the button. obviously she doesn't really know what's happening but she just likes to you know, press the buttons or same with a TV remote. If we have the TV remote, she likes to get the TV remote. Now she gets the TV remote and she presses the button and she looks at the TV to see what the button does. When he pauses it, she starts scrolling the wheel and obviously she doesn't quite know how to change videos, but she ends up changing the videos and she either gets happy or she gets sad depending on what pops up. (laughs) I see. Yeah, it's just one of those things. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, I mean that's all the questions you know I've got for the podcast today, Wabin. You know I appreciate you coming on today. Do you have any closing thoughts for the audience before we wrap up? Oh, th- thank you for having me. Uh, it's a great pleasure, and uh, it's also a good opportunity to express um, how we do cocos um, uh, in, in, uh, for your audience. And uh, I think a final note, uh, final note I want to leave for the for this podcast is that uh, cocos is very good at uh, um, cross platform and. Uh, uh, it's a mobile-first game engine, um, and also the vision of Cocos is to uh, lower the barrier of uh, um, it, it, the vision of Cocos is about accessibility, uh, lower the barrier of development, and also lower the barrier to access uh, to more, much more uh, players. That doesn't mean um, the current game gamers. But also general audience that want to have entertainment. 
that want to uh, enjoy, uh, amuse themselves uh, with with all kind of experiences, digital experiences. I think the game uh, in the future will be much more broad than than nowadays. Um, even if I play uh, all these AAA titles and uh, uh, hardcore games, uh, I really do think people need entertainment for uh, for more wilder uh, sense. And uh, game engine will help that happening. Oh yeah. So yeah, obviously everyone, you know, check out you know the work uh, that Huamin has been doing. Obviously, you know, go to the Cocos website. I'll provide links in the description in the podcast to everything that Cocos does, so you can check all that out. And you know, thank you, Huabin Ling, for coming on to the podcast. You know, so you've just been hearing from uh, Huabin, who's the Cocos Engine Technical Director, and he's worked there for many, many years, had a lot of experience, and been very influential. So it's been great having him on the air, you know, having that, you know, contrast between, you know, being a gamer and then a developer and then also, uh, you know, the Western market because a lot of people that listen to the podcast are in the West America and in the US. So to hear from somebody who's, you know, in China making an engine, but then, you know, like you were saying, you know, game like Geometry Geometry Dash, Kingdom Rush and like Badlands, which are very popular in the West, uh, have been made using you know a Chinese product. So it's good to hear you know that background from it. So again, appreciate you coming on. Thanks for watching and listening to the podcast, and stay tuned for the next episode of Five Dev. Bye bye. Thank you, Farhan. Bye bye.